you once said, uh, if I could play the tour drunk, I'd win every week. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Hey, get, get the fuck out of here. That's not gonna go over well. <laughs> it's amazing, where I would go, I, wherever I set course records or whatever, I would be barefooted, drunk, playing golf, making every 20-footer I looked at. Stupidest fucking design. Here you're being wimps, you don't even want to drink Fireball, man. That's nothing. I mean, I drink vodka straight, man. Come on, quit being you-know-what. So the way I look at it, you got to take a shot every hole. That would be my ultimate goal. I think your golf game will get better. Three, three on the course, yeah, at least three on the course. And then maybe after the round, I'll have one more, so four. It could be upwards of eight some days, you know. Yeah, but again, they're, they're smaller, so it's not like it's this, you know, huge shaker bottle you know, thing, right? It's Hi, we'll see ya. Oh, no. Every fucking time. I mean, I take 15 seconds and go. And I've done all right, so I don't understand what they're... It's just frustrating as a player. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Golf Balling Podcast. It's your boy Jackson here. We got Sean joining. Hello, Sean. Hello. It's, uh, it's it's weird not being in the same house with you as we're recording this today. Yeah, it is a little weird. I got to say, it's actually kind of a little, uh, almost a little relieving. Not the word I would have chosen, but hey, whatever well, you want. So guys, uh, while we wait for Nick, this is our podcast. Today is episode number 84. We're live on Locker Room. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, we're, yeah, as I was saying, Nick, we're live on Locker Room, episode number, what is it, 83? And 83. We've, got a, we've got a plethora of topics. I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want to listen to us live on Locker Room, go ahead and download the app. The link will be in the description. We are currently going live at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time every Sunday and Wednesday night. If you guys want to come in, chat with us. I real quickly, I'd also just like to note this is episode eighty-three, and eighty-three is a prime number. So very oh, excited! Congrats! Oh, wow, we live for the prime number episodes. Thank God for prime numbers. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Sean, did you have any specific topic from what I listed that you wanted to talk about first? Maybe. I I would like to start with common golf mistakes. Okay. Um, All right. Because Sean you know, has a lot of common golf mistakes. I do. Uh, at the end of the day, we, we all do. I mean, none of us are professionals, but uh, there are certainly mistakes that you see made over and over. And I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll get us started here. I feel like the most common mistake that I see for golfers who aren't very good is they, they never take enough club. Like, oh, yeah, it that it just bothers me so much. Everyone's always overestimating how far they hit the ball. My like my favorite is sometimes when I'm caddying, I'll caddy for some of these older guys. And the course I caddy has like every green is elevated. And these older guys, they're trying to like roll up the ball to elevated greens. And on wet days, they're they're ending up like 30 yards short. They're like, oh, this club usually goes 150. And I'm like, well, it carries 110. Like, what what are you expecting? Yeah. You need, like, it just, I just feel like most golfer, like, most golfers who aren't single-digit handicaps have issues with not taking enough club. And I think that's a quick way to improve your game. 
Yeah. I think it has some, I think it has a lot to do with the ego. Um, Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Personally, like I, I, I still get that same time. Like, ah, I see you, Sean, trying to hit like a, an eight iron. And I know that like, there's no chance I'm going to get an eight iron there. And I'm like, Oh fuck. I don't really want to pull out a seven iron and look like I'm Jackson. I can only hit a seven iron, like one forty-five. but you know, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes I'll pull out the eight just for, just to like make myself look better and then go back in the bag and, and pull out the seven after Sean hits. You know what? Oh, That's you're like, <laughs> I I used to worry about things like that. Like back when I was playing in tournaments from time to time and, then you grew and, up. and like people, people would ask you like, Oh, what club are you hitting here? Some like, so you either, I think, I think you have two responses. You can either like make a joke if you don't want to tell them, or you can just lie. Like, I mean, <laughs> you you can pull out the seven and just say you're hitting the nine iron. Who cares? I mean, you could also yeah. just tell them the truth and not give a fuck about what they're hitting because who cares? Or <laughs> you third, option, like, third option, you penalize their ass. <laughs> I think those are more like in ultra competitive rounds. Like I don't have that. I've never had that issue with you guys because you guys know me. I've always been smaller. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I don't, don't go to the gym. I think that's the main it's like, issue. It's like, yeah, Sean's hitting, what, seven iron, and I'm hitting, like, five or four back in high school. Like, I have no issue with that because, I mean, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But Maybe yeah, three I mean, would, honestly. But you get, when you start you get to get – when you start getting, like, especially when you play with, like, dudes you've never really played with and it, maybe it's, like, an ultra-competitive round, that's when you start to get to, like, oh, you're hitting driver on this 270 carry. All right, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you, too. And then, and bam, you're both in the water. I think, I think at some point, like, it, it's all about a change in mindset. Like, I, I used to constantly want to get my 9-iron to go 170 yards. Like, I just felt like that was a good distance for a 9-iron. That is, which, Jesus Christ. First yeah, of all, Jesus yeah, it's Christ. just way too far. It's too far. But, like, so I was trying to do anything I could to, like, increase my swing speed to get it there. And then I kind of, like, eventually just changed my mindset, and I was just like, you know what? I'd rather just hit a three-quarter seven iron and, like, actually get it back to the hole. Like, oh, you who, think? <laughs> like, oh, at, the, at the end of the day, who cares? A 170-yard nine iron, Sean? Are oh, you hey, man. Bryson DeChambeau? I saw clips of Bryson and Kyle Berkshire hitting 50-degree wedges well over 200 yards. So. Oh, my God. That makes me feel like a piece of crap. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I was watching – it was Kyle Berkshire's YouTube video I was watching this morning, and he was getting his ball speed with a 50-degree wedge above 140, which, like, to put that in perspective, I would say the average golfer doesn't even get 140 ball speed with a driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, probably not even close to 140. Sean, do you know how tall Kyle Berkshire is? Because I know um, Bryson's 6'1". I would have to assume Kyle's like 6'2", 6'3". Is... I think Kyle's probably about 6'2". Bryson's a short 6'1", in my opinion. Okay. Really, he... I feel like Bryson should be taller in my brain. Uh, see, you think that, but I saw a video or I saw a picture of him standing next to Der- Garrett Clark and Garrett Clark's like 5'11", maybe. Okay. And he was like taller than Bryson. Damn. Oh <laughs> like, my God, I, a bunch of the comments were just like, <laughs> a bunch of the comments were just like, holy shit, Bryson looks way shorter than you would expect. 
Bryson in all these videos that are coming out, I'm kind of thinking, I mean, he's always, I don't know, man. Bryson, he doesn't even look that big anymore. He looks more just uh, kind of overweight. Yeah. Like, I, I know it. You know what I'm saying? Like in the summer, I felt like he was more like, oh yeah, he's a big dude. Obviously he gained a shit ton of weight, but he still got muscle in those I mean, videos with a- Kyle. It was kind of like, like, oh shit, he's like full on bulking right now, I would say. He's, I mean, he's always kind of had that gut going since he put on the weight. But I'm not even talking like, just gut. I'm talking like just arm, arm strength too, especially. See, oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. When I, when I saw those videos, I kind of thought Bryson just his arms looked huge. All right, let's get back to the topic at hand because I've got one that just came to mind. Biggest golf mistakes. You're, you just named a great golf mistake that everyone makes, including me, but I'm going to go a little more untraditional here. Biggest golf mistakes, I would say number one, especially with Corona, is not having a drink. Like, honestly, one water bottle isn't going to do the trick. If 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 it's Corona and there's no water buckets, one, one water bottle is not going to do the trick. Is this, but, is this all tying back to the one tournament you played where there weren't water yeah, coolers on the course? This is what you talk you about, think like, about 90% that, of exactly. every podcast. No, food as well. Like, I don't know how – I would love to actually hear a genuine disagreement by one of you with this next statement. Golfers mm-hmm. need to be eating several times during the round if you want to maintain energy. Because too many – especially if you're drinking alcohol, by the time the end of the round comes over, if you're eating and, and hydrating properly, you're not going to be feeling like a piece of crap like I usually do at the end of my rounds. So well, yeah, maybe it's I mean, not a golf they- mistake for you guys, but for me – Future Jackson, bring a damn drink and bring a damn snack, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, there are pretty, there's pretty extensive research done on, like, how, offers, how often golfers should be eating. Like, I'm pretty sure Titleist even offers a course, like, a class on, like, what you should be eating and on which holes. I would say – what would you say is, then? Like, what – how much? Uh, yeah, like, what and what holes – because I remember – who went to the BMW? Was it all three of us a couple of years ago? I think, I think I mean, I've only gone with just you. Oh, okay. So do you remember when we were there and I mean, any golf tournament where they've just got like the coolers, you know, with like sandwiches and drinks, like imagine if every golf course had that dude, that would be incredible. <laughs> well, my favorite, uh, yeah, just going off that, my favorite tournament we ever played in high school. I only played it one year. Actually, I think I played it junior year. You guys played it senior year. Was that Winstone? I guess they had. I was there. Yeah. Uh, they had the coolers of apples every time there was a water cooler. Oh, I was definitely and not there. I would remember. They that. they were the best apples I've ever had. Wow. Like, what what kind of apple? <laughs> uh, I believe they were Honeycrisp. Ooh, it's a crisp which is just apple. it's an elite apple to begin with. I would say like any fruit like banana, apple, grapes. Throw in some nuts, maybe a protein bar. And then I would also throw in a peanut butter sandwich. Throw on yeah. some jelly if, if you want. Yeah, peanut butter sandwiches are highly recommended. And especially uh, if you're playing in like a competitive frame, I would say almost like every four holes until the last couple holes. Yeah, that was that was an issue I had for a long time. Like I always hated eating during golf tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I just started noticing by the end of the round, like I felt horrible. Like I'd get a headache. I'd get cranky, and then I'd just start playing shitty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
It sounds like you just don't have enough like stamina or sounds like sounds like he doesn't have the it factor. factor. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like he doesn't factor. have the it factor. Yeah. I know. Well, I I only won forty percent of my I tournaments my, my last year. It's really a problem. At the D three level. What would you say is a big <laughs> golf mistake? A big golf mistake. You know, coming uh, over the top. That's a big one. Um, Allowing fans to get in your head. (laughs) Allowing people to get in your head. Uh, So mental aspect. Yeah, I'd say mental. Big big golf mistake is, you know, one I've struggled with a lot is is getting mad. You know, Um, there's no reason to get angry. There isn't because it's in the past, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I I don't know if I agree with that that statement. All right, Mr. I need to take your emotions right. out of the game. See, all right, Mr. Ron. My my thoughts on anger. My all right, thoughts JT. On anger, of course, all right. It, just hear me out. It it depends how like what type of anger you are, because like some people like Patrick Reed for is a perfect example. He gets upset, but that's what motivates him. Mm. Like he gets he gets angry, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go make birdie," and like he just does. Then. Mm. I think the more common thing to see with people is they get upset and then they get like, they get mad. Then they get depressed. Like, well, it's, yeah, it's frustration at first. And then it turns into like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I hate golf. Like I suck so bad. That's, that's when you're going to get in trouble. You sound like me there. Even when you start blaming outside factors, like it just reminds me of like, I feel personally, if I were to play a round of golf with Justin Thomas, he would be, I mean, and I don't want to give Justin Thomas a bad rep because I love him, but it's like after every shot he hits, he's complaining about something and it's being televised. In my opinion, it's like when I think of Justin Thomas struggling on the course, in my eyes, he's not blaming himself. He's blaming the course. Like he's blaming just luck. So, like, that to me is a big mistake where it's, like, you're kind of playing the victim card for yourself where it's, like, who who the fuck put that pin there? Like, who rolled these greens? Like, why is there a divot in, in front of my putt? Like, See, yeah, like I, I'd i say, I mean, you do see a decent amount of, amount of that with Justin Thomas, but I also, I also think he, he gets a lot, he gets upset with himself a lot for making bad swings. Like, you, you do, you do hear him say shit, like, every time he makes a bad swing. I think the worst culprit as far as like blaming the course and shit is Bubba. Well, like anytime he gets, anytime he gets a mud ball, he goes fucking berserk or like, I mean, he just any player on tour that's had issues with cameramen, specifically Bryson. Yeah. Patrick Reed. Yeah. So like uh, that's, I mean, just players like that. That's where I think they're playing the victim card constantly. So before we hop into the next topic, Howard comments. Once again, guys, if you're listening to our podcast, you are able to – you, you can come on and speak with us. You can type in chat. So once again, the locker room description will be in the bio. But Howard, JT is such an overall plus for the game. It doesn't matter. I would agree. Yeah, I would. I would uh, have to agree. With that. There's there's moments I love JT and there's moments I hate JT. And but for the I, overall game, uh, yes and no. I feel like if you don't know, if you just see JT like when he's playing well in a tour event, you're like, oh yeah, I like this guy. 
But when you see JT and like the, the, the stuff you see on Instagram and Twitter, you're just like, how the hell does anybody like this guy? Like he is just kind of like, he acts like a little baby. And I just don't, I, I think he acts more like a baby than Bryson, in my opinion. That's my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, I just I, don't I, think I don't, you don't see it as I... much. Like, I, I, I like think they're I think, very similar, but Bryson becomes very – is way less likable. I think the JT. difference – I think the difference between Bryson and JT is, like, Bryson's outbursts are all, like – pretty significant outbursts like he if he's gonna get upset it's a big deal whereas JT like he's just he's just on the whiny side so I, I don't know I kind of think it's I think it's different uh no 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 I Bryson can uh, I guess I guess I, maybe just throw them in a boxing match together that's my personal opinion on that because like uh, I think JT, they're in different categories the way JT, I, I think what's really in my head is the way JT at the Zozo hit the shot way right, and all you could hear was him mic'd up talking about how bad of a swing that was and how terrible, <laughs> like how unlucky he is. And thought, like, it's just he overthinks everything. I, I don't like JT. I think that's my personal opinion. And I've heard he's kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard some stories as well about JT not being the nicest guy. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I do love. I do love Howard bringing up here, uh, Bryson, when when he had that lost ball at the Masters, and he's like, "If I don't find it in three minutes, I have to take a drop." And like he's, I mean, he's just constantly getting upset with the rules official. I feel like he he always is acting like he's getting a bad ruling. Oh, every when, time. like the rules are the rules. Everybody's playing by them. Yeah, but how many times in a round? Do you have actual people watching for your ball and then they actually lose it? Like, I come on. Anybody Never. Who's... I totally agree with Nick. Yeah. Like, I agree. I've had you. I've been in countless tournaments when you've had the, the people who are supposed to watch for your balls and they can't find it. Like, what's the point when you just if I get like you're supposed to be penalized if you miss the fairway. But it's just so fucking stupid. Like, I would be so pissed off if I'm at Augusta, right, where we have cameras on cameras everywhere we know where the golf ball should be and the people can't find it yeah i'd be fucking pissed i'd be i'd be really pissed i i can't believe that they could not find that ball howard keeps talking about how he loved it i loved it too when bryson was suffering um i mean i thought it was i i thought it was really entertaining to watch i didn't like the ruling necessarily but like at the end of the day there's nothing you can do yeah you're you're bryson you just have to move on PGA, I personally think, and I guess this can get really, like, dicey with rules and stuff, but, like, if your group agrees where your golf ball, like, should have been or might have landed and you can't find it, and it's, like, in play, I think you should be able to drop, free drop. I mean, that, yeah, that's play. that's a local rule. Uh, I, I would say most tournaments I've played in have used that rule, like, just in case a ball plugs and you can't find it, it's just a free drop. But I don't know. At the, on the PGA Tour, that's so infrequent that I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it warrants a rule change. I mean, it's it's unfortunate when it happens, but I I just can't see them ever actually making that 
change. They shouldn't. Yeah, they should I will not. say, Howard, you know, I'm going to keep defending my boy, right? That being in the pout, being pouty, home, when you have to take the cart back to the tee, oh my God, is it a feeling of like, you just, that's one of the worst feelings in the world, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how much worse it can get than that. Like, you have, not only are you embarrassed, now, like, normally it's like you're just embarrassing, like, the people around you, like, the players in your group, maybe like a mom or a dad, but everyone has to watch you, walk, like, there's, God, I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy. You don't want to be there. <laughs> it would have been funny if there were fans there and they couldn't find it. That that would have been, that's even worse. Like, because the embarrassment is more because, you know, obviously there weren't fans. I don't think Bryson was necessarily embarrassed at all. I think he's just more PO'd. Like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, seriously? Yeah, um, I mean, I get, I get being upset, but like, he constantly br- blames the rules officials. Yeah, but that, that's I completely blame different. I blame, no, I blame the rules officials as well. They How? They're doing their job. Have you, ever, have you ever met a rules official that you actually liked? Yeah. That's bullshit. I have, that, that, I have that's very pleasant bullshit. Name one. Name one. I've They're had, all like 85 and they don't know how to like – and they I know. don't know and the they rules all, of golf. They all just walk up to me and they're just like, how are you doing? I'm like, good, man. Good to see you. I have super pleasant conversations with most rules officials. I mean, I've, I've had my fair share of disagreements, but I don't, I don't blame them if they're like, if it's a genuine, like if it's a real rule, I don't blame them. Uh, sometimes I feel like the they only, just, the only time I've actually blamed a rules official is because he was also the head coach of the school, like the school we were playing. And one of his players in the group in front of me took like a big hack out of a bunker, didn't rake it. And then of course my ball landed where this guy's like divot in the bunker was. And that's the only time I've ever like gone berserk at a rules official. I think you should, you should be able to go berserk at a rules official. I don't think there should be, you know, let's it's a gentleman's game. Yeah, let's it's get rid of rules game. officials. Wow. Exactly, it's a gentleman's game. Wow. Wow. Dude, Dude, can you imagine the PGA Tour with rules with no rules officials? Yeah, it would like, be pretty. Most of the players, show. most of the players can't take a drop without like asking somebody. They don't know the rules. I get that. I I don't know. Like I honestly probably don't know like most rules, and even like some rules like with dropping. I'm like I still get confused. With like a yellow drops, like when I see the yellow stake, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck. Like, I, I just tell me where to drop group. Like, I, I don't know where to go. Um, but sometimes they get really anally about. Like, I think we need a new age of rules officials. Like, we need the younger audience. Like, I want some forty year old dads. I don't want some like seventy year old grandpas who make sure that my fucking that I'm dropping it at my knee height. Like, fuck that. That's just my personal opinion on that. I see. Like, at the end of the day, I think golf has way bigger issues than rules officials. Mm, I don't know about that one. I don't know about most that. of the people. Most of the people listening to this podcast like haven't had to deal with rules officials. Yeah, in any I way, shape or form. I, they will. I relate to these to both your problems to no to no extent. Like, I have yeah, no like, idea what you're talking about. I couldn't care less to be honest. That's I that's think. really only happening in competitive golf. Sorry, and, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll. I'll, I'll but take a, this I'll take brings a us this brings us to our next topic pretty well, which Are is we already, golf rules. Wait, that, 
we're already switching from uh, common golf mistakes. I felt like I could have rattled off a few more. I mean, all right. You know, I mean, just, like my we're tight my, on time, but go ahead. All right, uh, okay, fine. I'll just the do world's one quick our one. oyster, Jackson. The world is our oyster. Okay. I didn't like that. Didn't you know what, Nick? Mean. Mute yourself. Go back. <laughs> go back to. Go back to the just the comments. Um, <laughs> he actually did it. No, I did that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, <laughs> Nick. I'm sorry. It was just a joke. I don't know how to invite you. <laughs> He's got a request to speak, but um, I guess if I'm limited to to one final no mistake, no no rattle them off rattle them off. Uh, well, I like I like to elaborate, but okay. I would say I would say one of the other biggest mistakes I see from like amateur golfers is they constantly are just trying to hit like flop shots or using a sixty degree around the greens, and this is a problem that I struggle with greatly. I use my 60 degree for everything. I know that I shouldn't, but I just can't get comfortable with anything else. But like, I know that if I did start chipping with other clubs, I would see improvement in my short game. And I, I think, I think that's a problem that a lot of golfers have. Like they need to get more comfortable with the bump and run just in the U S the flop shot is way overused, but that's no fun, Sean. I know that's why I hit flop shots constantly, but I'm just saying I shouldn't. I think, it's a hypocritical take at best. I think flop shots should be used everywhere. I think flop shots should just be used anytime you're on the green. Just be like, yo, check out this flop. And if you when we're on our it, when we're it. on our Houston trip, if I see either of you guys hit a bump and run, I'm making you replay the shot as a flop. You'll never see me bump and run. I don't care if you're. I don't think Jackson I don't care has if you're a bump and run in the bag. If you're a the foot off the runs green, in the bag. if you're a foot off the green, I'm requiring you to hit a flop shot just because of what you just said. There is no reason to not hit a flop. <laughs> if you're going to have fun, I can't wait. I can't wait for like Jackson's first flop next time we play, and he just skull fucks the shit out of it over the green. I, you say that, but I don't know. Remember, like Poplar, I, my short game's always pretty dialed in. So, okay, we'll we'll put it to the test. We'll see. I mean, all right. What 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 is what's another one you got? Well, you, from just all right. I'll give you one more. Um, I mean, this one's this one's constantly talked about, but I I always feel like it needs to be stressed. And this is just people people don't play enough break, and there are a variety of reasons for this. Like some people just don't read enough break in putts. And that's an issue in and of itself. But a lot of people like just find, they like find a spot on the green and aim at that, but they never really like, I feel like most of the break when you're putting comes immediately off the face. Like that first foot is the most important to get the ball online. And um, nobody ever takes that into account. So like, I, I think what people need to do more often is when you're like standing over a putt, like you, you can feel the break in your feet. And I think people need to adjust more because of that, just due to what the ball is going to do in the first foot. I think you should just give everyone a, a golf lesson right now. Um, <laughs> I might as well. Yeah. You might as well just kind of give everyone in the room a golf lesson. Um, when I'm putting, I just try to kind of hit the ball. I don't really try to think. I think that's my, my whole thing. 
I think um, that's the move. That's the move is just kind of aim and like really just, just hope it goes straight. Just put it in gimme range and mm-hmm. eventually they'll start to fall. I agree. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Not necessarily true. I mean, if you're missing every putt low side, you never have a chance to make them. So it will, in general, you're just, I mean, statistically, statistically, statistically you will, you will hold more putts. You will hold more putts if you start, if you start playing more break. Ooh, really? Uh, Well, statistically, if you start, um, if you start making more putts, you'll statistically make more putts. Um, well, I mean, if you actually think about it, I would guess that n- the average golfer misses like 95% of his putts on the low side. So that, that's 95? all I'm saying. Yes. 95%. I would say uh, between 90 and no, 95%. I'm just saying, send me like the. Se- send me what's the, the source? Yeah, what's the source? Mm-hmm. I said I would guess. I made it very clear that that was a guess. Okay. okay. So Sean's completely off. Uh, <laughs> he's a big statistics guy, but he doesn't have any statistics ready for to back point. anything up. No, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, no. You can't even debate that that's an issue for amateur golfers. It happens constantly. Well, there's no statistics to prove it, Sean. So there's. Uh, if you want me to find statistics, I'll find statistics for next episode, and okay, I'll, I'll come back to. You. I would love that. All right. All right. Is that? Are you guys done with? Uh, Nick, you got any more big golf mistakes or Sean? Um, I, I would just say playing golf. That's probably the biggest golf mistake you can do. <laughs> um, is showing up to the golf course and being like, shit, yeah, uh, I'm going to play golf today. So that's probably the biggest uh, mistake you can make. I wonder where Nick's game's at right now. Um... <laughs> I, made, I, made, I made an eagle today. No big deal. Wow. Um, yeah, I drove the green and made a like a six six footer for eagle. So you play the whites. He was no. playing a four man. He was playing a four ball scramble by himself. <laughs> it was probably like a forty five mile per hour wind um, behind me. That maybe or may not. Have what helped. course is this at, Nick? Sunset Valley. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So, how about some golf rules that need to go? Hmm. I'm a that, big that's a trickier question. I, I think all of the rules need to go personally. <laughs> I know um, that Jackson just wants – Jackson brought this up just so he could say white stakes. Yeah. Well, yeah, but my biggest thing was, especially when we were playing in, like, high school golf tournaments, was no phones. I just think that that is – I just think it's stupid, if you ask me. I don't – I mean, that's not really, like, an official golf rule. That's just – depending on what tournament you're playing in. Well, every tournament I played in, I could never have my phone, and you're just stuck on on the course, you know, because it's a tournament. So you're stuck on the course for six hours waiting on every single shot you take just about, and you can't even go and check, like, and a lot of these tournaments are on the weekends. You've got college football going on. we got the NFL going on. can't even check anything. And what's the biggest, what's the biggest counterpoint to this? Oh, they can hit up their coach. What's the coach going to do for you when you're eight over through four? Like, you already lost. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Like, I agree that in high school tournaments, you should be able to use your phone, whatever. But um, you, I, I got a few few 
rebuttals. I mean, that's not really relevant after high school. Any tournament you play at your country club, you're going to be allowed to use your phone. When oh, you yeah, play your them, country club. Oh, I do that all, when you play all the time. Any course. Oh, my country club. So relatable. But when, when people think of tournament golf, like most of our listeners are thinking of just like small tournaments at whatever their local course or country club is. And then, Jackson, when you played in a tournament this summer, you were allowed to use your phone. Yeah, but, I mean, that but was that was fine. I mean, that's a little more – I think, yeah, mine's more just golf in general. I, I don't think that you should – being on your phone should be frowned upon. It's kind of like like people look at – like take the take I'm at the gym, for example. I want to go on my phone for a minute in between reps because what am I else? What else am I going to do? Look at the fucking floor. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like having the ability to use my phone, but like it it, it gets annoying when everybody's on their phone the whole time. Yeah. But you can't really be on your phone the whole time and play golf. I mean, I've played with, I've played with plenty of people who are like either hitting, like actively hitting a shot or just on their phone. And that, that's when it gets really frustrating to play with them. Well, that's what – I do that when I'm, like, bored. So, especially if I'm playing with boring people. Like, I remember playing this – If I was playing with you, I'd probably be on my phone all day. Yeah, exactly. Like, if – I remember when I was – we've talked about this on a podcast. When I was playing – I played with my two buddies, and we played, like, Southside Chicago on a doggy course. And um, I can't remember the name of it. Was it Jackson Park for you, Chicagoans? Yes. And um, these guys were in a cart, so I had to walk in between every shot. And I'm also just playing with, like, a guy I just met who's cheating his ass off and is trying to beat me. And it's like, well, I'm just going to go on my phone in between shots because, first off, you guys are in a cart way past me. And also, I don't really want to be here right now. Yeah, I mean – yeah, that's. I would say that's a fairly acceptable situation. Yeah, that is a pretty. A uh, that's a pretty specific situation. Very specific. Very. So very then, specific. all right. So then, what what golf rules should go for you guys? Uh, Nick, you can take this. I just, I had one and just lost it. Oh, you had one, but just lost it. Um, I guess this is in a. I kind of a rule I want to add, but uh, automatic two putts. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, Sean has a great idea that if you don't get to play the practice the first hole, you get an automatic two putt on the first hole. But I think if the greens are in bad enough shape and and everyone or it rained too hard, I think automatic two putts are are definitely needed. That's. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can see where you're getting at right now because of Chicago winter golf or yeah, like winter Midwest golf. winter golf. Okay. But, but that, if it's that's exactly summer, why winter golf scores don't count. Yeah. yeah. Th- like if I'm playing with you guys in the summer and I just pick up, I say, I say I'm like 50 feet off 50 feet. I got a 50 foot putt. I'm on the complete opposite side. I do a lag putt and I leave 10 left. Yeah. I'm just going to go in and tap it. Cause it's an automatic two putt. Like that's cheating. That's, yeah, that's why I, that's why I only allow it on the third hole, or I mean on the first hole. On the third I hole, I that. like that. I like. That. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Con- I don't know. I was thinking about the. Uh, I, my mind was elsewhere, but I don't condone Nick's auto two putt rule everywhere. For those who don't know, I only play auto two putt if it's on the first hole and you didn't hit the pr- practice green before the round, which yeah. I love. 
I yeah, just that's, think see that's valid in my opinion because well I brought who's this you to tell before. me who are you to tell me if what's valid and what's not valid that's what I want to tell you who that's why I, that's why I said in my opinion mm-hmm. I've, in Keep, my let's opinion, keep it that way in my opinion I and I've talked about this before I think that the first hole if everyone's down with it should be an automatic par hole because <laughs> very little times especially for me and I'm not pulling up to the range before and also if there's if it's kind of packed, I feel a little bad hitting a breakfast ball. So that's mm-hmm. why I think the first hole should just be kind of a walkthrough. Even if you get an eight, still put down a par if everyone's okay with it. Or, I mean, that that also depending on your skill set. Like maybe maybe take the bogey if you're a higher handicap. But um, I, I'm a fan of the automatic two putt. I'm a fan of the breakfast ball off one. I just think the first hole – should be almost like a warm-up hole that doesn't really count. It you made a point there that I kind of I agreed with. It is it is always an awkward feeling when you're on the first hole. You know, maybe you're running a little late to your tee time, or maybe the course is just crowded, and they're like the next group's already like waiting right behind the tee, and you you know you didn't warm up, you hit a shitty first tee shot. Like it's uh, it's always such an awkward feeling, like deciding whether or not to hit the breakfast ball because you really want to. Mm-hmm. But it just it, like you just feel judged and yeah, you feel cause, rushed because you know because we know we're good at golf and that like if we hit another breakfast ball I mean you'll pound it it's like it's not always of, uh, yeah no hmm. also Howard just roasted you in the comments <laughs> he said I, first hole is a warm up Jackson I'm gonna wax you. The first hole should definitely be a warm-up, but I'm not talking in, like, competitive golf atmosphere. I'm just saying, like, I know that when I pull up to the first tee, if there's – and I'm talking, like, Hyla Woods here, like a mo- like any Mooney, where yeah, there's people – Any Mooney, so Muni. walk off. Any walk Mooney, off. where there's, like, those people who are, like Sean mentioned, they're just waiting for you, and you're pulling up a little late – we know in our heads that no matter what, we're going to play faster because we're, I mean, like we're decent at golf. We know what we're doing. Like just statistically, Sean, we're going to play faster than whoever's waiting for us. So it's like, I feel bad hitting a breakfast ball, but at the same time, I also know I'm going to play faster than you no matter what. So I probably won't even see you again unless there's a holdup. Jackson, in response to you having that issue, I'm going to I'm going to get you a custom golf bag and it's just going to say I'm decent at golf please don't rush me. Exactly. Just for the first hole. Exactly. So that everyone knows everyone behind you knows what you're about. Well, cuz I wonder what people think of me when I pull up to the first tee wearing drawstring shorts, a non-collared shirt and maybe like a backwards hat and chucks and so no like covers. Yeah, I can assure right. you that they think you won't break a hundred. Exactly, exactly. And then, and then, I mean, the first, my first tee shot, say, I, say I hook it into the trees. It's like, well, hold up, I'm not like this at golf. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just like, wow, two hundred maybe in play for this guy. It's yeah. gonna be a long one. <laughs> hey, so, this guy might not even finish the round. <laughs> what 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 um, what do you guys got? Uh, as far as the only rule that I actually think is really dumb is that you can't just pick, like nobody actually follows this, but you can't just pick up a random tea on the tea box and use it. It only mm-hmm. like, you're only allowed to use it if you put it in your pocket first. 
that's that is so such fucking a, dumb. That's such a weird rule. Like, whose idea was that? Like, I get, I get that the probably some the, rule eighty year old rules official, my friend. Probably I, some yeah, eighty I mean, year old rules official. I get like that the overarching point of the rules, like not to use other people's equipment. Which at the end of the day, who cares? Like if you're if you're using other people's equipment, it's it's probably not going to go that well for you. And tees specifically, like who gives a shit? A lot of people give a shit. Those old rules officials who will be dicks. I, I've actually never met a single person other than our old high school teammate that would have an issue with that. Yeah, it's it's a super weird thing, but. That 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 rule always just gets on my nerves. I'm I'm honestly surprised. I thought one of the first ones we were going to hear was that you should be able to move your ball out of a divot. Mm, no, uh, I think you should be able to hit it out of a. I, I think just yeah. learn how to play golf better. Um, and hit yeah, it out of a divot. I, I don't think hitting out of a divot is that big of a. Uh, I don't think like especially it if you know like what you're Derek doing. Clark would uh, complain about. See, it, it seems like. I've always like I've always liked like people's res- people's reasoning for saying you shouldn't have to have a divot is if you're in the fairway like you should have a you should be rewarded for that you should have an easy shot. But I like I don't think that rule can be changed because then how do you cl- like what do you classify as a divot? Then everybody who ever has like a less than ideal lie is just going to claim they're in a divot and move their ball in the fairway. So then you're essentially playing lift clean in place in the fairway every time you play golf. So I, I, I don't think that rule needs to be changed and I'm glad we didn't, we didn't have that disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like with clean in place. So let's talk in. about, let's talk about the real debate. What's the real debate? We all agree except me. Who nice. the fuck thinks OB is the right call? Like there's no need for white stakes. There's no I, need. Jackson, I think I've agreed with you on this one multiple oh, really? times. There's, yeah. there's just no need for white stakes. I think we've all agreed. I mean, what yeah. is one logical? Can we come up with one logical reason outside of private property to have white stakes be just an invention? I don't understand why they have to be like, why can't it just be played laterally? Personally, I don't get I have. I have no idea. Yeah, even it. just even just from a pace of play perspective, it, it makes, makes it so much easier. Exactly, exactly. If you're trying to pick up the pace of golf, why are there white stakes on any golf course? Yeah, There's I think just the most isn't dem- a need. The most demoralizing thing is hitting hitting a ball out of bounds, going back to the tee, and then hitting a second ball out of bounds. It doesn't matter like how well you're playing that day. You could be eight under but you're going to remember that moment for the rest of your life. Like you just, it's just, it's so demoralizing. I hate it. A lot. Yeah. That, that sounds unfortunate for you. Yeah. Um, good luck. It's even more of hit from that. three, three out of bounds. Have you oh ever hit God. three out of bounds on a hole? Um, no, maybe you're a fucking beauty. This is this is younger. This is a bit of a uh, this this is a little bit off topic, but I feel like every time, like every time I'm playing with somebody and I have to watch them hit three balls off the tee, like first one's probably OB, second one's probably OB, third one's probably OB, and I feel like they always are like, oh yeah, found my first. Like I, it's it's fascinating how many people just 
constantly claim to find their first ball. I have. There have been times that it happens. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure too. <laughs> well, sometimes you're just like, you hit your first one, you're like, fuck, I think that one's going to be OB. And you hit the second one, you're like, fuck, that one's 100. You hook the second one way OB. And you hit the third one, it's like in the fairway. And then you're looking for your golf ball, and you're like, oh, I found my first one. It was actually in play. Like, that happens. And you can't, you can't debate that. Yeah, but I just feel like it happens so often. Like, you saying with me? No, I'm just saying with people in general. Like, I just feel like every time somebody has to hit three balls off the tee, they always seemingly find their first ball. Yeah. No, no, that's the point is to always find your first. I mean, what's the point is to always find the first one. What are we going to play? Honestly? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm finding my first ball. I'm not I'm not hitting. I'm not going back to the tee. (laughs) I'm just kidding as well. Yeah. You know what? It was just a shot at neck. Never mind. (laughs) Um, I'm glad we're all in agreement with the. with the with the OB stakes, though, I I know we've uh, we've dabbled into making like shirts about it and stuff like that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the only other rule, it's not even a change. Like the only other rule I have an issue with is I just feel like pace of play rules need to be like updated a little bit and enforced so much stronger. Like specifically on the PGA Tour. I just feel like they're they're too afraid to actually penalize any of the like big names in golf, and you know what? It's it's not fair for Bryson to have essentially unlimited time to hit a golf ball without a penalty, and then they're total. Anytime there's an amateur, they're like totally fine just handing out penalties to him. Yeah, I mean they yeah. gotta they gotta scare him away, Sean. I think that's the the whole point is yeah. to you know keep them from playing golf again. Keep well, them from if you, winning golf tournaments. <laughs> I just feel like if the PGA like if if the PGA Tour or the PGA Tour rules officials wanted to make a statement about pace of play, start fucking penalizing people like Bryson. Like start penalizing the big name guys to where they're like, shit, I have to pick it up or I'm not going to be able to compete in these tournaments. But what would the penalty be? One stroke, two, six. <laughs> That's uh, I don't. I don't necessarily know. Um, I can't remember if it's one stroke or two, to be honest. I think, but I, one's fine. Yeah. I mean, that always makes me think of like in high school tournaments where if you're like, let's say you either have a really bad player in your group or you were looking for somebody's ball for a while or something. And just like a coach or a rules official rolls up and they're just like, yeah, your group's on the clock. I'm like, that that used to just really piss me off because it was always it was always one player's fault, and the whole group would get penalized for it. Yes, yes, yes. It's not fair. Not fair. Life's not fair. Life's not fair. Golf's not. That, fair. I mean, that's true. So I yeah I don't I don't really have any other rules that come to mind right. now. Nick, do you? I don't either. I, I, well, I've got a hypothetical here. Oh, we live for hypotheticals. It's the only tournament I could think of when I was making this hypothetical was the players because it's supposedly the fifth major. And I feel like 
Well, because we talked about this in a podcast a little bit ago where it's like they have some team events and nobody, first off, no one knows it's even going on. And second off, they're just kind of stupid. And also, I don't think that they count towards your PGA Tour wins because wasn't it Kuchar and uh, English is like third straight win at that tournament or third career win at that tournament? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. So basically, what if a big-time tournament, something like the players, was a team event? A large-scale tournament turned into I mean, a team event. I feel like that was the thought a little bit with the Zurich. Like, it's not necessarily a huge tournament, but it's still like a regular – it was a regular tour event. And they thought, like, change it to a partner tournament, it'll start getting so much more attention – and I can honestly say I haven't even like considered watching the Zurich since it became a team event. One of the one of the issues, and that's why I'm bringing up the players, is the the field is just always weak. Like especially in the one two weeks ago, I mean, Kuchar and English aren't necessarily like who was it? Who who are the who's the big group? Who was Wolf paired with? Answer was it? Yeah, like that's not even a big. Like, those two are the biggest names for golf fans to watch this tournament. And, like, that's not enough for me. Like, even as yeah, a I mean, podcaster, not it's not that, enough for me. That Yeah, that tournament had a super weak field. Like, there's, there's no arguing that. So that's why it's like if you bring a tournament like the players where the check is insanely huge, everyone knows the players, everyone knows Sawgrass, it – that to me would incentivize the players a little bit more to like, I, I don't know. I just think that would be so fun. Like a course everyone knows or a, a familiar course and you have big name players. You have at least four players in the top 10 in the world playing. In it. I honestly think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that PJ tour would love to do something like that. I honestly think just a lot of the big name players don't want to do that. Yeah. I agree. That's kind of why I, that's why I was thinking the players where it's like you have a, I mean, what's the player? What is it? 1.8. If you win the players, or is it one, two? Uh, I mean, one, eight might be right. Like it's absurd. It's, it, yeah. It's an absurd number. Like, so even if these players don't want to play in it, I mean, try turning down that one, eight salary, that one, eight earnings. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it'd be kind of interesting to see the players go to a team event, but totally not realistic. And I, I, yeah, I don't think I would choose the players just because the players is like one of it's, my favorite yeah, tournaments to watch. It's not a major. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are certainly some like bigger tournaments you could try to change the format of, and people wouldn't get that upset. You'd still attract some top talent. Maybe, so, maybe something like in the off season, if they were to like in just straight up in the off season, once the playoffs end until the uh, Hawaii, un, until, you know, we go to Hawaii and the PGA, I know the PGA season has, you know, technically already started, but for most golf fans, the PGA tour season doesn't really start until the first tournament in Hawaii. So what if in the month of December there's two or three team events, but it's an added on total. So it's like 
all right, you won this, you're still getting the, you know, the fat check, the million dollar check or whatever, but you add on points. It's kind of almost like a playoff where it's, you know, if you want to play in these, like the points carry over something like that. I don't know. Cause like Sean, you're saying super unrealistic, especially for a tournament, like the players, like the players will never be a team. Event. It will never yeah. be a team. Event. But let me, before I, you make I've, your point, I, okay. I want to just add on that. Which was the major that was supposed to be a team event? What? One of the majors was supposed to be a team event when it came out. Uh, I and didn't I wa- know that. Want to say it's the PGA, but that's that know. seems like it'd be a PGA type of thing. All right, sorry. Said it. Um, I was just going to ask. So, it, it, like, if you want team events. Oh, are you looking for two man, four man? Like, what are you looking for? I want four man because I don't think the two man does it. I, I think that a four man where they're all mic'd up, you actually hear them. Like, because first off, a four man team event, it's fun and competitive at the same time. You're going to be able to get a taste of the jokes and the banter, and you're also going to get a taste of how players play. And you're also seeing a whole new perspective where it's like if they're in a scramble, it's just a whole new, in my opinion, because it's broadcasted, it's just a whole different type of, of golf. Like it, it's, you know, you're not playing for yourself. So I just think it's so intriguing if it was four. I don't think that the two, the two would do it if you're, if we're talking a big stage tournament, like the players or like the Arnold, something like that. But for some of these smaller, like the one that just happened, I would say a four man would would change it a little bit. It would make it a little bit more interesting uh, to me. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Um, I don't know if you did. You happen to see? Uh, it was like two days ago. the The Outlaw Tour, which is just like a mini tour in Arizona, had a two man scramble event, and like Joel Damon was playing, Max Homa was playing, Shane Bacon was playing. That's already like, a better field than two weeks ago. I was following around. I was following it pretty closely on Twitter. Uh, the winning team, so two man scramble, winning team shot fifty five. Wow! Yeah, See, Joel, that's fun to watch. Joel Damon needed to eagle the eighteenth for a chance. They only made birdie. See that that's that is way more. And I love Charlie Woods. I love Tiger Woods, but I would rather watch the mini tour in Arizona than the PNC Challenge. Not true. Uh, I mean, I thought the PNC was pretty cool, but that I would was, say that was one of the coolest events to watch Tiger play with Charlie. I'm so sorry, but that was I, I was I was insanely bored the entire. I would time. say I would say I was more captivated by this mini tour event in Arizona than whatever that I don't remember even what the name of the event was that Coocher won. I can't think. I'm thinking like CNBC Classic. It's called the QBC. QBC, oh, right, right, yeah. Shoot like out. you can't even remember the name to the damn tournament. How are you expecting to get players? Well, I'm saying, how are you expecting to get players if majority of golf fans don't even know the name of the tournament? I didn't even know that tournament existed. I did. We've been we've been covering golf for seven years. Had no idea that that tournament existed and that Matt Kuchar has won it three times. That's because you're a, a Houston Rockets fan. There is no way you knew that, Nick. There is no fucking way. What? There is no way. That you knew that Matt Kuchar had won that tournament three times. You know, no way. You know why nobody knows that? Nobody cares. Nobody nobody likes Matt Kuchar, so nobody cares about tournaments that Matt Kuchar does well at. (laughs) 
like Matt Kuchar probably thinks, I bet he thinks about the fact that he's like sick at the QB, uh, QBC and just nobody gives a shit. No one cares. Not a single person cares. Wait, so Jackson, I got to ask if, so you're a big fan of team events. How do you, how do you feel about more match play tournaments then? I think that if these were match play, I think that changes everything for the better. I think that's probably the best point I've heard in a while. And that all of a sudden it like, this actually seems doable. Like if you were to change this to match play two man, alternate was, best ball, whatever it is, I think we're looking at a real success. I was asking more, like I was asking more specifically about just like one man match play tournaments, but I think a team match play tournament would be sick. Well, the one-man matches, are they're cool, but that's what the WGCs are for, and those yeah. get a lot of traction, and I love those. Everyone loves the World Golf Champion, the World Golf Well, like, it's, only, it's only the Dell. What, what about the Mexico one? I thought, is there, I thought there was just one match play. Is there two, are there two now? Yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure it's, not, it's, not, it's not every WGC is a match play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I, yeah t- like a two-man alternate shot match play tournament, that would be filthy. That's it's incredible. And, and you know, do you know how like much pressure would be put on some of these players? Like, just alternate shot puts a lot of pressure on you already, and then you put that into a match play setting. That would be sick. It would be incredible. I think I think we're looking at something here. I really yeah, do. You know what we need to do? We need to start a competing tour to the PGA Tour, not the PGL, but something different. And we'll call it the golf balling tour. And we're we're just gonna have wacky, wacky formats for all of our events. I'm down. Yeah. Where it's where you keep it interesting and it's fun to play in as well. And we are automatically all ranked number one in the world. Just <laughs> us three. We never we never lose our spot. <laughs> We don't. We don't even keep scoring events because we know we're gonna win. <laughs> um, so we're getting close. We got about three minutes left. I actually have just a quick question. I don't really. We can elaborate this more later if people like this. But I kind of want to make a YouTube video about this. Who is the better golfer, Ernie Els or John Daly? Ooh. That's a tough one. We might have to debate this in the next one. Is the question like more talented or better no, career? Better career. Mm. We can do both uh, though. Because career wise, you might have to look at L's because of the majors. But yeah, that, I think it, I think career wise, well, career wise, it's for sure L's. It's not even yeah, not even yeah, very yeah. close. Talent wise, that's that's where it's more of a question. And I I would have to say John Daly had a lot more potential. I don't think he lived up to it. Um, but as far as what we actually saw, I think you go with L's. It's, it's, it's disappointing because that's I, – I mean, who doesn't love Ernie else? But John Daly's John Daly, man, you know. Yeah, I mean, John Daly, John Daly could have been one of the best golfers of all time. If, if he had any sort of work, uh, work, work ethic. ethic. Yeah, yeah. I think John Daly is super talented. I, I I like to call myself a little John Daly sometimes. Do you smoke two packs of cigarettes and go to McDonald's four times a day? 
I'm probably going to McDonald's close to the same time, but I, I don't smoke. Four smoke. times a day? No. Exactly. What do you get at McDonald's? I joined Weight Watchers, Jackson. Times. I joined Weight Watchers. Well, that, I just completely disagree with your anything like John Daly. In fact, I would consider you polar opposite. My swing? No. Polar opposites in just every like, aspect. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think the comparisons stop at the fact that you guys both go past parallel. We both Other love than... Diet Coke. Oh, okay. okay. There you go. But who doesn't love Diet Coke? I mean... I don't, Other I don't than those Diet two Coke. things, yeah. well, I love Diet Coke. So <laughs> you're like I, John Daly. John Daly. Actually, people <laughs> did people did like compare my swing to a lefty John Daly when I was growing up, but my swing looks very different than it does now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but Nick, I, you guys have like the most opposite personalities two people could possibly have. I don't know about that. I think we're the same. <laughs> same person. You know, John Daly being. doesn't give a fuck about anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Nick is Nick is in the last thirty seconds, Nick has become the most laid back guy of all time. Yeah. yeah. I'm super right, laid Nick, back. You wanna you wanna go smoke some ciggies then after this podcast? I don't smoke for my health. Um and Nick, I I don't know if you saw the TikTok opposites. I I don't know if you saw the TikTok I posted on golf balling last night, but John Daly used to play tournaments drunk, man. Yeah. I don't I don't see you putting in that kind yeah. of hustle. Yeah, you said I you. I could do that. You told Howard you hate drinking. You don't even like drinking on the course. Yeah. You know what? This is just dumb. I'm. This I'm is dumb, dumb talking about this. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's the hour. Uh, you guys got any closing remarks? Uh, just give um, your happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. I would just like to encourage. Uh, people who are still listening to uh, download locker room and hop in us or hop in with us for our next live on Sunday. Yep. 5 p.m. Because, Central. I mean, the more, the more fans we have in here, the more engagement there is and just the better product we can produce. So. Yeah. Right. I concur. Concurred. Consider this concurred. Too many Consider agreements. This concurred. Too many agreements in this episode. We got to get some better topics for uh, for the next one. I mean, yeah, we needed Nick to come back with his bad takes, and then he he just said that he's essentially John Daly. So maybe Nick is back. Yeah, I'm back. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, the link will be in the description to join Locker Room. Our social media will also be uh, listed. If you follow our Twitter, we we tweet out whenever we're live on Locker Room. So. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Once again, the guest, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm just going to stop mentioning that we have a planned guest and uh, it, it'll eventually happen. And I think it'll happen before the end of the year. But like just for, I mean, I feel like I've been saying this for the last five episodes. So it's because he's rescheduled a billion times, but uh, and I've, also had to, I've also had to do the same thing. So uh it is the holidays, so it is very hard. You know, it's a very stressful time just in general. So um, I apologize, but I think I think you guys will like it. I think I think you guys will have a great time. So once again, thank you guys for listening to today's Golf Balling Podcast, episode number 83, presented by Locker Room. And uh, we will see you guys Sunday night at 5 p.m. Central. Cheers. Cheers.